The Louisville Cardinals welcome the number 10 ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons into Cardinal Stadium on Saturday, 3.30 kickoff time in the Derby City. On today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast, we're going to explain why this game is an opportunity for the Louisville Cardinals to completely turn this season around and get the most important win in the Scott Satterfield era. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. The upcoming ACC football matchup for the Louisville Cardinals against the 10th-ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons offers the team the opportunity to completely turn this season around. We'll talk about what's at stake for the Cardinals. We'll also get into the opening line, um, according to Bet Online and various other uh, platforms. It surprises me. It's very low in my opinion, and we're going to talk about that here in the second segment. The final segment will be dedicated to me explaining why safety MJ Griffin needs to have an increased role moving forward through the rest of the season. So beginning with what's at stake, you know, this is a segment that I have done pretty much every week of the college football season that the Louisville Cardinals have played. Um, It's one that I think really paints a picture of what is at stake. I think it it talks about the context. It takes um, an initial thought on the matchup. Um, You know, it kind of really just goes into uh, explaining what a win could do. So I think that, to be completely honest, this is an opportunity for the Louisville Cardinals to completely turn the season around, change the narrative on the year, flip the script, so to speak, and also at the same time get the most important win so far in the Scott Satterfield era. Um, now, granted, the season wouldn't be a complete success if Louisville was to beat Wake Forest. Um First, let's be honest. Um, you know, Louisville comes into this matchup, you know, winners of two straight, Virginia and Pittsburgh. The win against Pittsburgh, despite it kind of being uh, sloppy at times, is still a, a solid win. One win closer to bowl eligibility. This matchup against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons will be an uphill battle for the Cardinals. I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Wake Forest is a very, very quality team. However, if Louisville is able to come into this matchup and defeat the Demon Deacons at home, defeat a top 10 ranked team at home, the benefits would be, I mean, it would be astronomical. Number one, and I think that this goes without saying, uh, you have a chance to turn the season around. You then, with a victory, become 5-3, and 
and you have to win one of your last four games against James Madison, NC State, uh, Clemson, and Kentucky. Clemson and Kentucky, obviously, are going to be you know pretty significant favorites, in my opinion. Um, excuse me. But you have two very good chances. Uh, James Madison has lost two straight. They're not looking as good as previously thought. Um, NC State is without their starting quarterback, Devin Leary, and they've had some instances this season where they haven't looked the greatest, but they still are a solid team. So a win here in this matchup would get you that much closer to bowl eligibility, but also it kind of changes the the feelings around the season um, from the fan base, uh, from the media. Obviously, you started out a little rough, 3-3, three and three, losses to Florida State, Syracuse, Boston College. Um, the Florida State and the Boston College losses uh, are games that Louisville should have won. Um, and granted, I think that you, know, you can play the shoulda, coulda, woulda game all you want, but at the end of the day, it's all about results, and that's why year four has really just been so frustrating is the fact that you haven't really gotten the results outside of last week against Pittsburgh. Uh, when you're four and three right now, reality is you probably should be six and one, but that is what it is. So beating Wake Forest gets you back on track, so to speak. Um, obviously, it doesn't really take the sting away from the Florida State and the Boston College losses, but it's still – um, helps you to continue to try to climb out of that hole that you put yourself in after the Boston College loss. So, um, you know, and, and I think that it continually increases the momentum. Um, you can't understate how much momentum can be gained by defeating a top 10 team, especially at home. Um, you know, extending a win streak to three and getting that much closer to bow eligibility. Um, hats off to the team for fighting, you know, after they – um, you know, lost to Boston College. They could have thrown them in the towel. They decided to keep working. They beat Virginia, um, who hasn't necessarily been that good of a team, but then they turned around and they beat a Pittsburgh team who's pretty solid. So um, this matchup against Wake Forest offers a unique opportunity uh, to increase momentum uh, for the rest of the season, but also to change the narrative and the flip the script in terms of instead of talking about – well, this season, a disaster. It's about limping to bowl eligibility at the very best. Now, if you were able to start the second half of the season 2-0 and with wins against Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, I mean, you may get to that seven-win point. Now, granted, you have to win this game to get to that point, but uh, if you come out victorious against Wake Forest, you then have a chance to get back to that expectation that so many fans and some of the media had placed on Louisville at the beginning of the season. I was adamant before the season that the expectation for this team was seven and five, seven wins. Uh, granted, I didn't think that um, you know we were going to lose three of the first six, but if you get to seven wins, uh, you know Jeremy Wallman uh, of Cardinal Sports Zone. He has a quote that uh, I kind of find myself using here and there, and that's uh, to go, like, for example, to go seven and five, you have to win seven games, but you also have to lose five games. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of Louisville fans, if you get to seven wins, sometimes it, it won't matter how you got to those seven wins and how you recorded those five losses, just a matter of you getting there. So if you were to start out, 
five and one and then finish seven and five versus if you were to start three and three and then finish seven and five, I don't necessarily think that there's that big of a difference. And honestly, I think you could make the argument that if you start three and three and finish seven and five, that fans are more likely to be uh, optimistic about that scenario rather than going two and um, two and four in your last five game or two and four in your last six games. So if you win seven games now, granted I might be, putting the uh, the wagon in front of the horse here uh, when, when talking about winning seven games because it all starts with this Wake Forest game. It's a very tall task for the Louisville Cardinals. Um, so like I said, I think it's a chance to flip the script on the season. It's an opportunity to increase momentum. Um, you know, Partly by this victory would stand for essentially the best victory of the Scott Satterfield era at Louisville, hands down, defeating a top 10 team. Um, Louisville hasn't had really much success against ranked teams since Satterfield took over. Um, the biggest ranked victory was probably Wake Forest back in 2019 on the road, um, You know, ironically. So defeating Wake Forest three years later, but now top 10 in a game that you aren't favored to win, I think that that would definitely hands down be the biggest win in Scott Satterfield's tenure. It very well may save his job. Let's be honest. Call a spade a spade here. It very well may save his job because if you win three games in a row right now um, and then the the most recent one being a win over Wake Forest, the confidence is going to be an all-time high. The momentum for the program is going to be at a high. You start to get the fan base back a little bit more. Now, granted, there are some areas of improvement that need to be worked on, um, and uh, a, a win against Wake Forest wouldn't necessarily mean that everything's okay, but it's a good um, you know, opportunity to increase this upward trajectory. Um, it also helps with recruiting. Obviously, it seems like you know Pete Nocta, the recruiting coordinator, tweeted out that it's going to be another big recruiting weekend. So at the end of the day, you're looking at this from the sense of, okay, um, you know, there were a handful of top recruits across the 2023 and 24 classes that witnessed the win against Pittsburgh. More are going to be in attendance uh, at Cardinal Stadium, 3.30 Eastern kickoff time on Saturday for Wake Forest. So a victory there would be huge. Um, if you were to lose this game, it is what it is um, because I don't – uh, think many are expecting Louisville to win this game. So if you lose it, it's like, ah, you know, obviously I think some of the fan base will kind of revert back to their pessimism regarding the season. It's okay. Well, we'll be um, pleasantly surprised if Louisville gets to bowl eligibility. Now, granted there is that opportunity to do so, but it does become harder because it goes from, you know, winning, one more game rather than having to likely beat James Madison and NC State. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough – it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, you know, if you win, there's a, a lot of opportunity um, with a victory. But if you lose, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I think that um, a loss is one of those things that it, it kind of depends on how you look because if you get blown out, I think it's it's a totally different story. But if you play it close and you lose by less than 10 points, I think that, um, you know, the fan base won't truly revolt after this performance. Um, well, the, the reasonable fan base, the reasonable part of the fan base. But ultimately, I think that this is a, a great opportunity, a chance to completely turn the season around and flip the script. Um, so, but one thing that I've been very, very – surprised about is the national 
perception of this matchup. I have been surprised by the spread of this game. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, LinkedIn Jobs. That's not it. There we go. I need to make sure I remember which one it is. Um, but the, the days um, where every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Um, posting a free job, you can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Cardinal fans. Thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available in this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So moving right on along, discussing this matchup for the Louisville Cardinals on Saturday with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Um, many of the platforms out there right now, including Bet Online and others, have um, the... The spread in between four and I think six for this game in favor of Wake Forest. I know on ESPN it's Wake Forest minus four. Um, and actually, what's funny is the ESPN Football Power Index has Louisville as a 51.2% uh, likely to win this matchup in the predictor. Now, granted, um, that hasn't necessarily been the most successful parameter and predictor. But regardless, it just goes to show you the national perception of this game, and I must say that I'm surprised by it. Whether or not it's justified or not, whether or not the the spread is justified or not, I'm saying I'm not saying that I know more than Vegas or um, you know I know more than the ESPN analysts or anything like that. I'm just saying that I'm surprised by it. Um, uh, a top ten team in Wake Forest. Uh, Goes on the road. I understand that you know you lose a couple points, um, you know, in, in the betting lines on the road. I get that, but you're playing a four and three team that um, you know outside of Pittsburgh probably doesn't have a good win. Well, I guess Central Florida, but that was week two, and it was a very sloppy performance. So the fact that Louisville is plus four in this matchup, it surprises me. Um, I, I guess the there, there's one of two things that really come to play here. Number one, and I think that this is probably the least likely of the two, is that the perception of Louisville is a little bit stronger than the local perception, or the national perception is stronger than the local perception. Um, you know, statistically speaking, offensively, you know, the passing attack is very pedestrian, rushing attack is very solid. Defensively, Louisville's defense is starting to continue to get better and better. They have some performances to where they struggle, but uh, doing a good job of getting after the quarterback. So maybe it's more so the national perception being a little bit different than the local perception, but I think it's probably reason number two. And maybe that's the fact that 
you know, uh, Vegas and company don't feel as if uh, Wake Forest has really proven themselves um, if through the first, uh, what is that, seven games of their season. And if so, statistically, you know, they're pretty similar to the Louisville Cardinals. You look at what Wake Forest has done, um, six and one on the year. The one loss comes into a two overtime loss against Clemson at home, which is a very, uh, it was a very competitive performance. I mean, the fact that they took Clemson down to the wire, Clemson's undefeated. So that, I mean, that goes without saying, um, the first three victories, VMI, Vanderbilt and Liberty, they beat Liberty by one point back on September 17th. So those three games, take it as you will. Uh, they beat Army by 35, beat Boston College by uh, 28, and Florida State by 10. So they've beaten two teams that uh, Louisville has currently lost to. Um, granted, I, you can argue that Louisville was better than Boston College and Florida State. They still lost to those two teams, and I understand you can't necessarily compare um, you likewise or um, similar competition because that's kind of a, a slippery slope to go down because it's it, it's hard to compare because matchups come into play. Some teams just play bad in certain days. But I, I'm just really, really shocked that it's only minus four. Now, granted, I'm not saying that uh, it should be like 13 points or so or maybe even you know multiple touchdowns. I'm just saying that four points just seems kind of low for a top 10 team going against a four and three squad. Now, granted, uh, this just this past week, LSU was favored over Mississippi by a point in, in Death Valley, and Mississippi was ranked seventh. LSU was unranked. So I, I guess I can understand if it's a trend, um, but maybe it's a statistical um, similarity in which people are, are, are looking at when it comes to determining this. Uh, now, granted, there's a big difference in points per game. Wake Forest is averaging, averaging almost 14 more points per game, um, but they're allowing three points more. Um, they're allowing over 20 yards more defensively. Um, total offense, Wake Forest is about 20 more yards per game. Um, Louisville is a better rushing team. Wake Forest a better passing team. So, Maybe it is, it's a mixture of um, you know Wake Forest going on the road. Louisville has played Wake Forest solid the past couple seasons. Um, they've beaten them the past. Uh, they've beaten them two out of the past three times. So maybe that's a focus. Um, you know, maybe it's a matchup thing. Statistically, it's very similar. Perhaps a lot of people aren't sold on Wake Forest like they weren't when the Cardinals played the Demon Deacons early on last season. That was the strength of schedule, uh, but they still have beaten Florida State and Boston College, and they play Clemson tough, so they have a solid offense. Defensively, they're um, you know not setting the world on fire, so to speak, so I, I just have some concerns. I can understand why you know maybe the spread is the way it is, but the more I try to convince myself that it should be four or five or less than seven, the more I believe that it, it probably should be closer to seven or ten. And that's no disrespect to Louisville. I just think that with a top ten team coming to town, um, you know, it's just a little interesting. And I don't think that Wake Forest has really done much to suggest that they should be that uh, small of favorites. But regardless, um, don't let that – uh, make it out to seem like I don't think Louisville has a chance in this game because I definitely do think they have a chance. They're going to have to play a very solid performance, limit the mistakes and whatnot. But granted, I think that Louisville is going to have a solid chance in this game. So we'll talk a little bit more about um, that matchup more in depth 
on tomorrow's episode. I, I do want to go a little bit more in depth into in terms of uh, the defensive side of things, um, where I believe that safety MJ Griffin deserves an increased role as the season goes on. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Sweatblock. Um, as I mentioned multiple times, Multiple times over the past couple weeks, I'm a big recreational basketball player. Now at 24 years old, I have started sweating more than I used to back in high school. Um, the you know, usual deodorant stick hasn't really been very successful, so I tried out Sweat Block, which has uh, antiperspirant wipes that you apply the night before. And the next day, I've had a ton of success. The product is doctor-created, doctor-recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing sweat, or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon. So, moving into the final segment of the show, MJ Griffin, the safety uh, that transferred from Temple last offseason, has had a kind of a journey to get on the field for the Louisville Cardinals. He's appeared in four games thus far. Um, I don't think that he's been dealing with the any injury issues? I could be wrong. So if I am, please forgive me on that. But um, regardless, it took a while for him to significantly see the field. Uh, first game of action appeared in the game against Central Florida, also played in Boston College. He had one tackle in both of those games. Um, but started to see more and more uh, snaps, uh, beginning with the Virginia game. And I think that the production has been pretty solid uh griffin is always uh or has always been a safety that has been involved in the rushing game um kind of like quinterio cole from last season um a big tackler uh the past couple seasons for temple um in the past two games he had five tackles against uh virginia also had an interception on i believe it was a tipped pass um and then pittsburgh had four tackles three solos he also had uh, uh, interception that he turned into a 28 yard game. So I believe that, um, you know, even beyond the stat sheet, uh, watching MJ Griffin for this Louisville defense, a secondary that has struggled this season and been one of kind of the concerns throughout the year. I have been very impressed with what I've seen from MJ Griffin. Look, I said before the season that I think MJ Griffin is going to be a guy that plays on Sundays eventually. And I think that we're starting to see some of those signs of solid production. He has solid ball skills to where um, he does a good job of reading opposing quarterbacks eyes also ha has a good feel for defending the, the rushing attack, which is also uh, something that um, what was going to be very welcomed. You know, when you replace a guy like Quinterio Cole, who was one of the leading tacklers for the Cardinals a season ago, um, MJ Griffin, a, a bigger safety at six, one, 210 pounds. I like, his ability to um, you know, complete tackles, something that you know, the Louisville defense as a whole has kind of struggled with. But overall, um, I believe with the secondary struggles, the decision to play MJ Griffin uh, more should turn into even more opportunity moving forward because I feel like Louisville's defense is at its best when MJ Griffin is on the field. Presley Meyer of the state of Louisville and stateofwouville.com made a very good point when discussing uh, MJ Griffin. I think it was uh, Presley or maybe it was the state of Louisville account on Twitter. Basically paraphrasing said, good things happen 
when MJ Griffin is on the field. And I truly 100% agree with that. Um, I think that um, you know he looks solid in the passing game. Obviously, as a safety, um, a lot of his production doesn't necessarily uh, pop up on the stat sheet, which it is what it is. But I think that he's been solid in um, you know rushing defense, but also you know creating turnovers as well. In the past couple of seasons, you think, oh, what was doing a good job of uh, um, you know, creating turnovers. Well, the past couple of years, that just hadn't been the case. And this year, it's different. And in his first two games where he's playing significantly, he has an interception in both games. Now, granted, I'm not saying that that trend is going to continue because creating um, you know, turnovers like that, I mean, uh, if you're expecting MJ Griffin to have a Gerard Holloman type into the season where he has an interception damn near every game, I think that that's a little bit um, unrealistic to suggest. But man, I think that um, MJ Griffin at you know the safety position alongside um, you know maybe splitting time with Kendrick Duncan Jr. Um, you know or Josh Minkins, depending on what um, Brian Brown and uh, Wesley McGriff have uh, you know kind of visioned for him in terms of his role. You know whatever may have you, I think that at the least. He needs to be playing a majority of the snaps. He needs to be one of those guys in the back end of that defense that is playing a good amount. I know that you have a veteran in Kinder Duncan Jr. He struggled a little bit. Josh Meekins Jr. has you know, been solid. But um, you know, MJ Griffin, I think, has truly deserved an increased role moving forward. And I would like to see him play some solid snaps against one of the most efficient uh, passing offenses in the country, led by Sam Hartman of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. So um, talked about what this game or what's at stake in this game, why the spread kind of surprises me, but also why MJ Griffin needs to see some more snaps. So we're going to um, dive into some recruiting talk tomorrow, um, some basketball talk, some football recruiting talk as well. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to give another shout out to uh, Locked On Sports today. Uh, be sure to check that out. All of the um, best games, all of the um, biggest stories, um, instant reactions, whatever may have you available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. But that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.